Climate Week, New York City 2023. The hustle and bustle of New York City is upon us as our team at Skanska arrives for one of the most anticipated events of the year. Welcome to a special Climate Week episode of Shaping Sustainable Places. You might catch the hum of conversations, the buzz of the crowd, and even the honk of a taxi horn in our recordings, because we're bringing you the insight straight from the event itself. The motto for Climate Week was, we can, we will. From our perspective, we saw things a little differently, because our motto for the week was, we are. At Skanska, we are already breaking new ground with climate-focused innovations. Today, we're unpacking the takeaways from the Built Environment Dialogues and sharing thoughts on how leading companies are switching from vision to action. Standing on Fifth Avenue, West 34th Street, we're just outside the iconic Empire State Building. The energy is palpable, the conversations are vibrant, and the commitment to change fills the air. The city itself is a living backdrop to our discussions, a reminder of the built environment we're shaping. Today, we'll be bringing you interviews from Justin Travelos, Head of Responsible Investments at AXA, Lena Herk, Executive Vice President of Sustainability and Innovation at Skanska Group, and Benoit Bazin, CEO of Saint-Gobain. I see a lot of actions, a lot of will to move faster. I see solutions. Question is how fast we can scale how fast we can implement. It has been a tremendous focus on impact and foremost concrete action. We try and bring intentional capital into the market. And that intention is to see the real economy decarbonize over time, specifically in, into real estate. As we journey through the insights of Climate Week, we'll start off with one of the most challenging aspects of sustainability, financial investments. Our first guest is Justin Travelos, Head of Responsible Investment for AXA IM Alts, the alternative investment arm of AXA Investment Managers. So at AXA IM, we try and bring intentional capital into the market. And that intention is to see the real economy decarbonize over time, specifically in, into real estate. And we do that by both setting intentions and explicitly setting expectations around performance of our buildings and what we expect from future developments or renovations in terms of the buildings that we want to see in stock at the post-investment. In a world striving for sustainability, the investment industry, and notably companies like AXA, hold a pivotal and transformative role in driving sustainability forward. To complement Justin's views on the investment side, we also caught up with Benoit Bazin, CEO of Saint-Gobain, a worldwide leader in materials, solutions, and services for the construction industry. We have been the first in the world to launch a low-carbon glass to make a zero-carbon production of plasterboard in Norway. With an unwavering commitment to sustainability, Benoit and his team are blazing new paths in construction materials. So we are ready for that. We move to the next one in Canada. So yes, we are providing now low-carbon offer towards our customers, our contractors, and we provide sustainable solutions. So it's moving with innovation, with commitment, with investment. We are there, and I can tell you, all the teams of Saint-Gobain are behind it. The investment landscape is evolving, and sustainable materials are coming to market. Yet there are still deep challenges that are slowing down progress towards sustainability targets. Justin discusses how regulations and norms can vary across borders, 
there's a vital need for standardization, which can unite diverse approaches and accelerate decarbonization throughout the industry. There is a really uneven playing field at the moment where in some economies, like France, the legal expectations around performance are based in regulatory norms. For example, any new development has to be minimum 50% bio-based or recycled material. That's just the law. And so the industry finds solutions. Here in the US or in Australia or elsewhere, you find very, very different approaches. As a result, it very much depends on the geography that you're investing into and what are the local norms there. That's why events such as this one, where you're bringing together a collaborative view to try to get standardization, is so important for us to be able to accelerate decarbonization across the industry. Talking about the nuances of investment strategies, we take up an important concept, whole-of-life carbon. It's essential to understand that this idea goes beyond the immediate. It considers the entire life cycle of a building, its construction, materials, transportation, operations, and eventual end of life. However, defining whole of life is no simple feat in a fragmented global industry. When we talk about whole of life carbon approach, we have to take into account that globally it's a very fractured industry. So there is no one set definition of whole of life. We are working to try and bring some convergence around that, certainly in Europe, so that we can take a consistent view on how we look at and measure carbon on a whole of life basis, including both construction, operation and end of life. The impacts on the investment case can be quite material. And they can be quite material to the extent that when you bring in a cost of carbon into your feasibilities, they do exactly the same thing that bringing cost into your feasibility does, which is not very nice things to the return. From an investment perspective, we need to be able to believe that there is a benefit to investing that capital. And that might be that you get a stronger cap rate on exit, you have a lower risk product, you have lower obsolescence in the asset, you have less tenant churn, you have higher rents. All of those elements respond to the type of product that you're bringing to market. And ultimately, our conviction is that bringing a whole-of-life net zero carbon asset to the market is going to hold value, especially at the premium end of the market. Building on our conversation about whole-of-life carbon with Justin, we once again hear from Benoit Bazin, CEO of Saint-Gobain. He shares his insights into the importance of data in fostering sustainability in the construction sector, linking back to the whole-of-life ideas we've been discussing. Well, clearly, we need more data in the construction sector, in the built environment, data on the life cycle analysis. For instance, we have 75% of our product lines covered with EPD, Environmental Product Declaration. I think it's extremely valuable, not only to design the buildings, but how to operate, dismantle, deliver on circular economy, recycled materials. We have uh, 70% recycled materials in our glass wool insulation. So data matters, not only on the materials, but also on the performance of what we built. Because in order to gain credibility, the before and after, an energy efficiency retrofit, before and after in terms of acoustic design of a classroom, for instance, the more we can document, the more it will be easy for the regulators to push up the envelope to accelerate the regulations, the standards of the construction environment. Going a bit deeper, we see that the merits of sustainable investments are not just about the long-term environmental impacts. There's a lot of evidence emerging that more sustainable buildings are already outperforming their counterparts on a financial basis as well. We're starting to see a growing body of evidence for higher rents and higher values attributed to higher performing from an environmental perspective, higher performing assets in particular geographies. 
So if I take London, which is one of the most liquid markets in the world, we're seeing in the same A and premium grade of buildings, higher rents per square foot and higher values attributed to higher BREAM rated buildings. We're equally seeing lower turnover of, of tenants and we're seeing faster resale. Now, that's based on certifications, not carbon. But I think the trend here is quite evident that there's been a lot of discussion for some time about whether or not there is a value attributable to high certifications or high performance buildings. What we're looking forward to in the future is seeing that translate to carbon as well. And I fundamentally believe that that's going to be an imperative, especially within the real estate industry. Expanding on the theme of sustainable futures, we turn our attention to the immense potential of collaboration across the entire value chain in the built environment. This comprehensive approach includes everyone from the material producers and constructors to investors in real estate and infrastructure, and underscores the importance of a cohesive strategy and shared objectives. Leading this discussion is Lena Herk, Executive Vice President of Sustainability and Innovation at Skanska Group. Lena's time at Climate Week was so jam-packed that our interview with her took place New York style, in a taxi cab, navigating the streets of Manhattan. Skanska has a key role when it comes to make sure that the whole value chain for the built environment really starts to come together and collaborate. So that's meaning those that are producing the materials, transportations, but of course also the ones that are doing the and constructing the heavy machinery that needs to be much more efficient, but also being electrified and being able to be charged charged up by green electricity, as well as, of course, our customers and those that are investing in real estate and infrastructure. So we have the role to make sure that the whole value chain starts to interact, collaborate, and have actually common goals and activities to deliver. Building on the theme of collaboration and unified goals, Benoit Bizarre of Saint-Gobain explores the synergy between industry giants and the imperative of collective action. It's about aligning a diverse and sometimes conservative value chain, breaking down silos, and working together to overcome challenges and accelerate progress. It is a collective call for action. It's not a one-sided challenge. For us, it's very important to be able to co-develop ideas with big names. So Skanska is a big name. We collaborate a lot in the Nordic country between Saint-Gobain and Skanska because if you ask the local homeowner, it's difficult for him or her to design the building of the future. So let's take innovation. Let's take large corporations where we have experience in so many countries. We can bring good ideas to the next. We can co-develop together. And I think that's the way to move the needle faster because the challenge is not so much the technical solution, is how to align a very fragmented and sometimes conservative value chain, how you scale up, how you convince everyone and how you move faster. So collective action is even more important than what any one of us can do in his own silo. Continuing the momentum, Lena examines the practical implications and transformative power of long-term partnerships. From electrifying quarries to major urban infrastructure, the value of shared innovation becomes clear. Witnessing firsthand how insights from one market can influence another offers a compelling case for the shared journey of businesses. Well, talking of the value chain here and partnerships on innovation, we started off collaborating with Volvo years ago when it comes to electrifying a query with 
heavy machinery actually being automized as well as being run on electricity. Going from there, we have actually a large mega project in the meatpacking district of Stockholm, where we have a heavy machinery like electrified excavators up and running. We have now actually this week started up the very same kind of solutions with electric excavator in our mega project on the LA Metro line project. So I think that's one example, both on the importance for business to have long-term partnerships, collaborate to pilot and develop and innovate, as well as to be able to scale on and use the insights and knowledge from one market and then also being able to scale it to another market. Lena underscores the significance of the business case for sustainable action, shedding light on the tangible benefits and advances that can arise from climate-focused initiatives. Now, let's pivot to explore another facet of this narrative and examine the ways in which sustainability not only reshapes business practices, but also cultivates a competitive edge. I think the business case is there. I'm absolutely convinced when I look at Saint-Gobain, you know, if you are driven by sustainability, you improve your waste, you improve your energy spent, you reduce your carbon footprint. We dropped by 42% at Saint-Gobain in five years, the carbon intensity scope one and two in one euro of turnover of Saint-Gobain. So it makes you a better company to minimize your footprint. And when you maximize the positive impact of our products, of the solutions, you are more attractive for customers. I'll give you one example. We gained the Sabina headquarters renovation years ago in Sweden because we were the only one to take back all the glass and recycle the glass in our furnaces. So sustainable approach, you have to lead, don't wait for the regulation, and it will make your corporation, the value chain, much better, and it will create a competitive edge. I'm absolutely convinced that sustainability for customers and internally for the companies will make a competitive edge. After exploring the realms of collaboration, innovation, and the tangible impacts of sustainability, we find ourselves standing at the intersection of insight and action, with a clearer vision of the path ahead. So as we're standing ready to accelerate the climate transition, Let's hear from our guests what they saw as the key perspectives and takeaways from their time at Climate Week. It's a great call for collaboration, for open information, and for sharing not just the great stories and innovations, but all of the failures as well. And for us to progress as an industry, we need to find a way to share that information much more rapidly so that we can learn from the benefits and mistakes of others. And that's probably my first takeaway. My second takeaway is the pace of change has to accelerate. And there is a big call to governments to regulate, which is quite unusual for our industry. But it's quite clear that that's an imperative that's required to help us make rapid progress. I see a lot of actions, a lot of will to move faster. I see solutions. Question is how fast we can scale, how fast we can implement. But I think the desire to move, the collaboration is there. So I'm optimistic. It has been a tremendous focus on impact and foremost concrete action. So comparing with Climate Week that I've been to previously, there's been a lot of more dialogue regarding targets and visions. Now we have, it seems like we have all entered the stage of delivery and action. And that's really good to see. Another takeaway I have with me is that the business and corporations are starting to really step up and drive the development for real 
And uh, that is quite visible even in panels because there are so many panels now where you do see CEOs that are prioritizing this week to be part of the dialogue and also to committing what they are to do in order to deliver on their climate transition plans. These insights paint a picture of a dynamic and collaborative industry. For us at Skanska, we see the shift from vision to action as central. We're working with our partners, customers and other stakeholders to scale up solutions that can remove carbon from the built environment. I'm John Ambrose from Skanska. We hope you've enjoyed our special episode from New York Climate Week. And there's more to come as we build up for season two of the podcast. We'll continue to explore big ideas and solutions that are making a difference today. We'll be looking at how we've transitioned from setting targets to embodying action. The journey ahead is about unity, knowledge sharing, scaling up solutions, and above all, turning vision into reality. The momentum is building, the industry is evolving, and together we are not just witnessing change, we are shaping sustainable places.